Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. We're on and welcome to another edition of Three Yards with Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here with me. Chris Kaufman is on a Disney cruise. Yeah, trust me, listeners, I'm not making these things up. Like these guys actually are going to all these different places. Okay. Simon was in Russia not too long ago. He was also in Japan. So yes. Chris Kaufman is on a Disney cruise. Simon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not with his family, just him. I think it's just him, right? He was, he's, he's, got, he's gone with Mickey and the, the bird from Frozen. Yes. <laughs> no, of course, it's a, it's a family vacation, you know. Family man, Chris Kaufman. You know, nice little Christmas Disney cruise. He should be having Sorry. a great time. He will be on the podcast next week. But So I guess you can call this the Plan B podcast because we're going to talk about Plan Bs today. We know what Plan B, Plan A is, which is Tua Tonga Bailoa, and a healthy one at that. I don't know if we're going to actually get that by April or any answers as to how healthy he will be for opening day. But Jordan Love declared, Simon, earlier this did. week. And first of all, your reaction, and second of all, his draftability. Uh, I think it's a surprising one. I've got to say, I'm surprised that he did it. I mean, coming off a, what was it, a 17 touchdown, 16 interception season? I think I think that's yes. right. Yep, that's that's quite, right. quite a quite a bold, quite a bold strategy. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I, you know, look, I, I think he potentially has more upside than any quarterback in this draft. Mm. Um, but. You know, he has a long way to go in terms of being an NFL quarterback. I, I don't know who was advising him. Um, and I just think with those, the, the options, the opportunities that were out there, um, you know, in, in terms of Texas Tech and David Yost, his old, his old coach, in terms of Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, in terms of potentially LSU, in terms of Mike Norvell at Florida State, there were opportunities for him to go and improve his... Not his stock, because I, I think he'll be taken pretty high anyway, but just to improve his standing, I, I think he's, you know, in a way, he's a, he comes into the, he's going to need time. And he's not going to need Patrick Mahomes' time. He's going to need longer than that. He needs to be refined. He needs to, to, to eliminate those boneheaded decisions. But, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody within the Dolphins organization the other day, uh, and we were um, 
tiptoeing around the elephant in the room was asking direct questions. Um, but, you know, we talked about Jordan Love and, you know, this is a direct, this is a verbatim quote that the decision will be very interesting. Um, and that decision was whether or not he stayed at the Utah State, whether or not he transferred to somewhere else, or whether or not he came out. Um, so I, I'm surprised, but I think he's a, I think he has first round potential. Uh, and quarterbacks are always, you know, whatever, however we feel about it, quarterbacks are always um, elevated in their rankings. So it remains to be seen where he will go. But I, I would not be surprised to see him go in the first round, and he could be a potential plan B for the Miami Dolphins, who have a pretty good bridge quarterback at the moment in Ryan Fitzpatrick not only a good bridge quarterback but also a very good mentor for somebody like mm. that you know so I think um I think an interesting I think if Tua if he goes to another team if the Dolphins aren't happy with the medical I think Jordan Love becomes a very interesting proposition with one of those two later first round picks I think I would say that yeah, and I was speaking to, to, to Chris the other day, and he was saying that maybe things have changed because of Drew Locke. And if you remember Drew Locke as a junior at Missouri, he threw 44 touchdown passes in the SEC. Mm. 44. Then, of course, he has the, the drop-off season, which was his senior year. He ends up getting drafted, I believe, in the second round by the Denver Broncos, somewhere in the middle of the second round, I believe. Right? Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we're watching him play, and wow. You know, he's having a pretty, you know, it's not a giant sample size, but he eviscerated the Houston Texans. That's That should mm -hmm. count for something. And it seems like Denver is extremely happy with their choice. Could it be something as simple as that? A guy who doesn't have an inspiring last year in college, but shows up in the NFL and all is well with Jordan Love? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think Drew Locke plays longer. Mm -hmm. Than the Jordan. I mean, I know Jordan started what three seasons now. Yes, um, this is started third. three seasons. Yeah, Drew Luck was. Uh, and look, I, I think. Years. Yeah, I think if we're being fair, um, and not, you know, showing that kind of unconscious bias that we've talked about before, because we all like Love as a prospect, mm -hmm. and we're all hesitant around Justin Herbert, and I think we're very quick to jump on any mistake that Justin Herbert makes or any bad throw or anything like that. I th and sometimes can be a little bit. Um, less um, crushing, for mm. want of a better phrase, when one of the guys that we like does something that isn't quite as, you know, is, falls into that same category. And I think we have to be honest with ourselves and say, look, we say that Jordan, we say that Justin Herbert hasn't necessarily progressed a great deal in four years. He's kind of the same guy in game 42 that he was in game 22 that he was in game 32. Well, you know, Jordan Love has started, what, 24, 34 30, oh, my maths is terrible, 33, 5, 7, 37 games. So only five games less than Justin Herbert. And if you watched him in isolation this season, you would say, I'm not seeing any progression this season. And look, I know, you know, the, we, we know very well what the issues offensively are and were. Um, but it would have to open up, you know, this is a guy that threw what? 32 touchdowns and six picks yes. the year before last mm -hmm. or last year and now this yeah. year's throwing 17 and 60 that's yeah. an awfully big drop off regardless of you know the talent or lack thereof that he has at the skill positions and new coach no, and that, that's a worry and so drop he will offs be and everything very, yards per attempt yeah. average yards per yards game per, everything 
yeah, I mean, his yards per attempt um, has, has gone uh, has gone down what uh, one and a half points. His quarterback rating has gone down twenty five points. Uh, his yardage five hundred yards less. Uh, his completion percentage down three and a half points. But the interesting thing is that he's completed four less passes this season than last year, and thrown maths again 40, 18 more passes. So essentially, he's thrown exactly the same amount of passes the last few years. It's just been a, a woefully disappointing year statistically, I think. Uh, and that's the way you know you're going to have to look at it. I think teams will be look. He's super intriguing. His upside is hugely alluring. Um, but I think you've got to look and think transferring for your, you're transferring somewhere and putting your stock in the hands of somebody like Lincoln Riley was surely, surely the best thing that you could have done. And I'm surprised that, that he didn't do it. Yeah, that was probably his best bet, but, uh, both of us kind of like, uh, thoroughbred horse racing and, Mm. I don't know if you you bet on it as much as I do. No. Usually when you're handicapping a race, you try to find excuses for, you know, why a horse didn't perform that day. And, and I'm, I'm going to go back to Drew Locke. Drew Locke finishes his junior year at Missouri, and he had the 44 touchdown passes in the SEC. Most publications were already penciling him in as the number one overall player the following year, basically mm. off of that one season. Okay. Then he has his senior year and it's uninspiring to say the least. He drops to the second round. So I I would say that I don't think all these people just changed their minds on Drew Locke just because of the stats in his senior year, did they? Because it seems like that's exactly what they did. If we excuse this last season for Jordan Love and we pretend it didn't happen, his sophomore season, what kind of player is that? Is he back to being a top five quarterback in your in your mind? Because in my mind, he would be. Uh, look, I think I think three things that stand out for me. Uh, and Locke is an interesting case, but three things stand out for me on this. One is that I would strongly suspect that he's come out because he's been given a first round grade by the by the NFL advisory committee. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's coming out with a round two to three grade. Fair. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Absolutely agree. The 17 to 16 touchdowns to interceptions, I think, is going to be tough for a general manager to explain away to, to ownership, for mm-hmm. example. Do you know what I mean? Especially if he doesn't perform, especially if he's not the guy that, that we think he could be. And thirdly, I'd be very intrigued now that he's declared to see whether or not Jim Nagy tries to get him to the senior bowl because I think the best thing for him moving forward would be to compete, you know, because he showed flashes against LSU, you know, and he's not playing. He's not always playing the greatest, you know, he's not playing the greatest conference. Mm-hmm. I think to be able to go and test himself at that senior bowl and put himself out there would be huge for him moving forwards. And look, the possibility of, you know, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love at the senior bowl would be a pretty, you know, enticing, eye-opening, mouth-watering, whatever cliche you want to use, prospect yeah. for, 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 for idiots like us. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, I tend to, I, I completely agree. And I, I guess we're on the same page. Uh, there's no way we would use our, our highest first round pick on him. Like things will really have to be, have to go sideways. And that's if, if it's us, you know, if we're running the show, I'm pretty sure that we're 
keyed in on one guy and one guy only. But what if he goes to the senior bowl? What if he goes to the senior bowl and absolutely rips it up? Then he turns up at the combine, throws it out of the building, runs brilliantly, interviews brilliantly, tests brilliantly, does everything really well. And then the Dolphins beat the Giants, beat the Bengals, and end up at five and 11 and pick eighth. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but all of a sudden Jordan Love with an incredible off season and we've seen them happen before. Yes. Vaults himself up from the 25th pick to the 11th pick. And if he's the 11th pick, you know, the eighth pick is not a massive stretch. Yeah. If you just start looking around and I would say that the Chargers would be a danger right there. The Chargers definitely. And who knows? Jacksonville who else could be the danger. It could be the Patriots. The Patriots could package a couple of first-round picks to yeah. move all the way up there. So yes, I would say that at eleven, I would take it. I know a lot of people are going to say I'm crazy and they're going to throw that seventeen and sixteen touchdown interception ratio in my face. But mm-hmm. I tend to give him some excuses that are more valid than the excuses I was trying to give Drew Lock. The most important thing for him, I think, will be when he's in the room with those coaches and their first question is, can you explain why you threw 32 touchdowns and six interceptions in 2018 and yet you only threw 17 to 60? Because what they won't want to hear is him throwing his teammates under the bus. Right, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I was watching a show, um, the show that you told me about watching, and I'd never seen it before, but last night I decided, yeah, you know, I have a couple of, you know, I have some free time, Let let me turn it on. And that's that show on Amazon where they followed the Dallas Cowboys and then they followed oh, okay. the, the Carolina Panthers. All or yeah. nothing. Okay. Have you seen the first one with the Cardinals? Because that's the best one. No, I didn't see that one. That one the I one with the Cardinals is absolutely phenomenal because they go to the they obviously go to the NFC Championship. So and that they they obviously lose in that game to Green Bay where Rogers throws those two Hail Marys on one up fourth and twenty out the end zone and one to Jeff Janis in the end zone for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an astonishing. No, they don't lose, do they? Because they win on the Larry Fitzgerald yeah. play in, in overtime. It, it isn't a story. I mean, it's the best one because they get the best access. Yeah, they lose they the following the, week to Cam Newton. That's right. That's right. It's so good. That one's head and shoulders above the rest. But I watched the Cowboy one. and Nice. And what's interesting about that one is you kind of know why Des Bryant is <laughs> got kicked out of Dallas <laughs> and never to return. The guy was basically... Lack the of a better with, word, um, he was an asshole. <laughs> the fight with um, the, the Michigan DB, uh, Jordan Lewis, was very funny. Yeah, the, it, was, it was, you know, it was great. Like, uh, you could, you know, and we're not in, in, those, in those rooms, so we can't, you know, we can't hear what they say, but yeah, you know, that's going to be, be important. It is going to be important. I completely agree with you. What Jordan Love actually says, hey, what happened to you this year? And if he puts it all on his shoulders. I guess that's, you know, that shows some maturity. It also mm. would be interesting if he says, man, you know, have you seen the team I play on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It would but be, again, uh, I'm, not, be I'm, honest. Not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure that would, I'm not sure that would. Um, Go over all too well. Endear him particularly to. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Not to a guy like Brian Flores. Absolutely no. not. Look, the Raiders are another team. Yes. The Raiders end up picking 12, 13. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because not I mean, too long ago, Raid- all was well in Raiderville. Since then, they've been blown out twice by over thirty points. So and that was a team look, that did Raid- not handle prosperity all too well. Absolutely, the Raiders have got to be considered a team who is going to be in for tour. I would. They're going to so. be, a, you know, Mike Mayo's done a great job 
that that rookie class is is really good. The team is sort of the wheels are kind of falling off now, um, but you know, I mean, yeah, he, I could see, I could see a he scenario. looks good in silver and black. Yeah, I could see a scenario where Tom Brady is gone from New England, and New England instead of starting all over, looks at that defense and says, you know what, we have the best defense in the league. It's not like mm. it's not like Tom Brady set the world on on fire in 2019. Maybe we trade for a Matt Stafford or, or a Derek Carr or something like that. Which leads me to an appearance of Tom Curran. He belongs to NBC Sports Boston. He had an appearance on the Rich Eisen show, and he said this. What would be ideal for Tom Brady? Honestly, Rich, knowing who he is since he's been in the public consciousness for 20 years or more, he wants to be able to prove something to somebody who thought that he couldn't do something, that he was unable to continue at a level. And that's why I keep coming back to the Miami Dolphins as a possibility. Your thoughts, Simon? I mean, I, th I think it's lazy. I think uh -huh. the possibility is, is because he sees Chad O'Shea and, uh, and B. Flo and, uh, and those guys. Look, I, I think it feels like Tom Brady is not, I said it last week, it feels like Tom Brady is not going to be a New England Patriot next season. They are not negotiating a contract. Nope. Nothing is on the table. And, you know, are they inclined to offer a 43-year-old the contract that he wants commensurate with his value as a six-time Super Bowl winner? The answer is no. Well, why and would it you? has been revealed on uh, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network that Tom Brady is not asking to break the bank, but he is asking for $30 million a year. Yeah. And $30 I just, million a year is a lot. I just... Why would he at that age... Now, what if what if Josh McDaniels becomes head coach of the Chargers mm -hmm. or the head coach of the? Do, do then you'll just automatically jump to that conclusion that he's going to follow Josh McDaniels wherever he goes? I, I just don't see it. Tom Brady at forty three, if he carries on playing, why would he want to go to a team that is probably two years away from the playoffs? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he I, wants I to be on a team that's challenging for a Super Bowl. Understandably, why wouldn't he? He's not going to want to get smashed around. I mean. Has, I mean, as soon as his agent Don Yee looks at the tape and he and Brady looks at the tape and sees, you know, it's Julian Davenport, Michael Dieter, <laughs> Daniel Kilgore, uh, Shaq Calhoun, and um, Jesse Davis, he'd be on the phone. I mean, why would you get out of Giselle's bed for that? I mean, come on, let's be serious. Yeah, let's be serious. Yeah, I will I'm eat. A, I will eat a Tua Tunga Vailoa T-shirt live on this podcast. If Tom Brady becomes the Dolphins quarterback. Okay, now I want Tom Brady to become the Dolphins quarterback. <laughs> I also, uh, how could you cheer for him? Yeah, uh, I would say this. I would say this. The only way I can see it happening is if Tom Brady has his fingers on that cap space from day one and says, go get me a left tackle, go get me a right tackle. And in fact, while you're at it, trade for this guard too. Yeah. I just don't think it works like that. No. I just don't, you know. Yeah, I don't think it works like that either. It might work like that sometimes in the NBA where, where guys say, you know what, this, this support player might, might help me. Or, you know, this wing player, you know, you know use your mid-level exemption on this guy. And, yeah. And maybe I'll sign with you. But, yeah, in the NFL, it's – it's because, you know, you're not playing Madden. You can't force these guys at gunpoint to come here. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So, and a lot of those guys are going to be looking at the same thing. They're going to be like, okay, I'm going over there and Tom Brady is 43 years old. As much as I would love to play with Tom Brady, but I'm not signing a four or five year contract unless I know what the plan is behind Tom Brady. Mm. You know? Now, of course, yeah. would, you, would you consider the best of both worlds drafting Tua Tonga Vailoa and having Tom Brady 
as your starter in 2020? I just don't see the the point. You've got Fitzpatrick. Mm -hmm. Like, Tom Brady is a declining force. Let's be honest. He's a, that he's offense bad. is really he's, bad. He's just bad. But he's not. He's not been very good. But you know, he's not getting any help from anybody called Julian Edelman. But anybody other than Julian Edelman. But you roll coverages over, and you know, your safeties are rolling over the top because they know that Jacoby Myers is struggling. You know, it's probably the best of the rest. Most of the new can't really get get going. Um, you know, Sony Michelle is injured. The running game's not working. He hasn't got a tight end to throw to. Isaiah Wynn is, you know finding his feet a little bit, you know, it's been a struggle. He's getting hit a lot and he's been inaccurate because guys aren't, aren't getting open. So, you know, I'm, I just don't see the point. I I think Fitzpatrick, guys want to play for Fitzpatrick. You know, he's, he's here, he's embedded in the system. I just don't see the point. I I don't see the point unless he retires. I don't see the point. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, since we've ruled out Tom Brady, what about Matthew Stafford? And Chris completely shot this down because of the, the connections, obviously. You know, yeah. one, one New England, you know, one New England connected guy and another New England connected guy. Why would one guy want him and the other guy not, <laughs> you know? So yeah. that one's kind of odd. He is very cheap. That's, I mean, yeah. That's the, that's, I guess, but I would know, you really for him is that he is cheap going forward. Would you really want to give up? A first-round draft pick for Matthew Stafford? Uh, that's the thing. Uh, you know, it's if it's our last first-round pick, you know, 25th or something like that, I think he's worth that because when he was healthy, he was having a very good year. But if you get a Matthew Stafford, then now, you, now you're working with the Matthew Stafford window, which is the next five seasons, which means you're not drafting a Tua Tungavailoa or a Jordan Love or a Jacob Eason or anybody else. So it would be a drastic change in plan unless that was the plan all along, which I doubt it was. So, yeah, I just I know, look. He was having a really good season until he got hurt, but yes, I don't know. I, I mean, where has he ever taken the Lions? I don't know. It's not all on him, mm-hmm. but you know, he 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 had Calvin Johnson. When was the last Absolutely. time the Lions won a playoff game? Was it Barry Sanders? Uh, I mean, I could, genuinely, when did they last win a playoff game? I think they beat the – did they beat the Cowboys that, that one year? Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. they might have beaten the Cowboys. But, uh, yeah, uh, and you don't have to go too far. He has uh, Galladay and Marvin Jones right now. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And he's so, cool. And he you did know, produce, cool. but, you know, what did he produce, really? He, he produced a 3-2 and two record, you know, and they were all excited about that. They've since fallen the hell apart. But, yeah, 3-2. and two. And – which will lead us to our last guy that we could consider here. And this one's a favorite online because I made a poll where I actually put Ryan Tannehill to actually troll the fans. <laughs> and he got like 26% of the, of the vote. And the poll was pretty simply this. All, you know, all our plans go to hell. Tua Tungvaloa returns to Alabama. Nobody's really available uh, unless, you know, you want to take a, a Jacob Eason in the second round. Like that's the best thing available. Maybe a Jalen Hurts in the second round. And who would be your guy? And most people wanted Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill. And I think Matthew Stafford was actually out in front on that vote. But one guy who kept, you know, popping up in every single discussion and everybody was complaining why I didn't include him, and that's Cam Newton. First of all, do you think he'll be available? And second of all, would you even want him? Um, I mean, I saw David Tepper, the Carolina owner today, talking about talking about him um the injuries are beginning to pile up 
yes. with Cam, that would be a concern. Um, you know, he is... Surgeries, three consecutive seasons. Yeah, and, and Tepper has said that he, you know, he wants a healthy Cam Newton to be a starting quarterback next season. Um, you know, so I, I think the talk of Cam being moved out of Carolina is slightly, you know, I think people are sort of putting two and two together and and making seven or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not sold that. But they're not, he's a valuable asset, and they're not going to, you know, they won't cut him, but they might trade him for a significant return. But what would that be? Who is, what is a significant return on a quarterback who's had three surgeries in three years because he, you know, he's a big mobile quarterback who gets hit a lot um, and has at times struggled with accuracy. When he's good, he's great. But can you guarantee that he's going to be that way? You know, he yeah. wants to stay in Carolina. Um, and I'd be surprised, quite frankly, if he went anywhere else. He loves Carolina. All you have to do is yeah, watch. Course. Yeah, if you watch that All or Nothing with, with Cam Newton, like he's ingrained in that community. Mm. And that community loves him. Uh, the thing I would say is this. They're in the search for a new coach. And the only way I could see it happening is if that new coach comes in and insists on a clean slate. And then I could see them fire sailing a Cam Newton. I think uh, his health is the most important thing. If he's mm-hmm. healthy, I can't see any reason why you just get rid of him. Yeah, if he's healthy, well, if he's healthy, just because of those, the, the, you know, the, the dual component that he has, which is, you know, he he's not. I wouldn't say he's a poor pocket passer, but he's good. He's he's average. I would say he's above average. But his running component makes him a top ten quarterback in the NFL year in and year out. Because you can't discount that. You can't discount how good he is in the red zone, and especially from the five-yard line in. Mm. I just and, think uh, if he's healthy, mm-hmm. which he should be by the start by April, I, I just don't think no matter what's happening, he's not getting cut or traded. Why would you? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and I don't know what coach – like what's the coach that they can hire that would have the clout to demand a clean slate? Mm. Like a Lincoln Riley maybe? And. But, I would say if he's Lincoln Riley's going to the NFL, I think you know Dallas makes too much. Sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere other than Dallas if he goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I don't know about Matt Rule because I don't know if Matt yeah. Rule's even interested. I mean, I, I, I mean, I interviewed Matt Rule two years ago, and he's very interested in going to the NFL. I mean, for me, the case the Cowboys can Jason Garrett. It comes down to the three R's, and that for me is Riley Rule and uh, Ron Ron Rivera. I think because mm-hmm. he'd do a great job in Dallas, um, but. You know, I, I think Riley would be the be the big favorite there. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you have any more Plan Bs, but I think the other Plan B, which we're not discussing, and we kind of ruled out on a on a podcast a few weeks ago, and that is just going with these guys. If the opportunity presents itself to take a tour on great. If the opportunity does not present itself and Jordan Love is there, maybe late in the first round, maybe you take him. But if he's not, then just pass on the on the the 2020 class altogether and go back into the 2021 class. Is that even in the cards? I think they have to have thought about it and they have to have discussed it. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you look at that potential list of quarterbacks that that could be there next year, headed up by the best quarterback in college football, and that's Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. You know, Lawrence, Fields who I'm sure will come out. Martinez, Purdy, you know, Tonga Vailoa potentially, Jacob Eason potentially, Jake Fromm potentially. You know, 
these are, you know, transcendent talents like Tua and Trevor Lawrence do not come along very often. And the, the clamour to draft Lawrence if he comes out next year will be like nothing. You thought suck for luck and was big. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lawrence is ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Um, and just getting better and better. I mean, look, the last time he lost a game was two years ago, two and a half years ago. Yes. Dude doesn't remember what it's like to win a game. He's got arm strength for days. He's mobile. He's bright. He's a great leader. He's Six, big. Five, 230 pounds. And the rest. I mean, he's got an absolute count for an arm. He's ridiculously accurate. I mean, God, he's so good. He's so good. So yeah. I, I think, I think if, if that's the decision you make, you, you get involved in that, that race for, you know, in 2020, 2021. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the dolphins could show their hand. If you start seeing them pawning off their first round picks this year for picks, in 2021 and loading mm. up that 2021 slate, I guess, you know, the cat would be out of the bag. That they're the issue there, though, big on yeah, Lawrence. The issue there, though, is that that will certainly, jar, you know, because they're going to obviously spend money on, in free agency in the, you know, in the spring. Yes, you know, they're going to bring players in and they are not going to be a, th- a five and 11 team or a three and 13 team. No. You know, they are going to be targeting a whole bunch of players, you know? Yeah. That's... And we all know, and we all know. And I, I mentioned on the podcast before that, you know, in a perfect world, nothing ever really works out in a perfect world. You know, nothing ever works out perfectly, but in a perfect world, Stephen Ross has it in his head that this season was going to be a bad season, but next year he demands competency. And what does competency mean to me? I guess seven and nine, eight and eight means that, but the following year he demands playoffs, which means in 2021, he demands a run at the playoffs. That's what he considers progress. Mm. Now, next year, I don't think eight and eight gets you anywhere near Lawrence. But can you go eight and eight with, I don't know, using one of the first round picks and then using the other two first round picks to load up on 2021 to be able to go mm. up there to get a Lawrence? Maybe. I think because, you, know? you know, they're going to know what the situation is by January the 21st because. The twentieth is the day when juniors declare, so they'll know whether two is in the race or not. By March, they'll have a good handle on where he is physically. Mm-hmm. If the, he is the guy, they'll have had the senior bowl. The combine will will be there, and they will be doing what they're doing in free agency. So, you know, by the time they get to the draft, look, I, I suspect they'll have a very strong idea right now. I, I'm absolutely certain that they will have laid out. There's some big brains in that building. They will have laid out a myriad of different options. If this happens, we will do this. If this happens, we, you, you know full well that there's a fairly, there's a 75, 80, 85% ch- chance already that they know, oh, sorry, that they know 85% of the people they're going to target in free agency. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, they're still going out watching, you know, the pro personnel, people are still out watching prospects, all, all those sorts of things, watching guys playing every weekend. But they're going to know 85% of the guys that they're going to be targeting, 100%, you know, and when it comes to, you know, the, the moment where you can start the legal tampering, if not before, they're going to speak to agents going, dude, Matthew Judon, we're going to be, you know, there's mm-hmm. 18 million a year big ones coming your way. Yeah. You know, David Onyemata, we are going to be signing you for X amount of money. Andros Pete, 26-year-old left guard, all pro. How about 10 million a year to come, you know, all that sort of stuff. 
you know that that's going to be happening. We know that that's going to be happening. And I think the draft then is just an opportunity to slot players in where they've missed out in free agency, whether that's a left tackle, whether that's a free safety, whether that's a, a whatever. But they will yeah. know, you know, have a much better idea. Like somebody asked me today, who do you think the wide receivers will be at the start of the season next year? I have no idea. This season's not even finished yet. You know, and I get that people are excited, but it's just like, I, you know, it could be the and same guys. we also guys. have a lot of preconceived notions with what we just saw, you know? Like, if you ask the average Dolphin fan, they would tell you Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Albert Wilson. Those are the three wide receivers. You don't know if they're actually going to, if they're going to cut Albert Wilson or trade him in the offseason because they want an improvement or they want to upgrade one of the other two spots. So, exactly. yeah. so you, don't know, you don't know what they have in mind. What is good is that uh, Tua Tungavailoa in his last interview, uh, and he also said it with, with Herbie, which was that in March he could do physical activity. So yeah. I guess everything's going to coincide together. So they're going to have a pretty good idea. And I'm pretty sure the Dolphins will be one of the first teams to, to work out Tua Tungavailoa and see, like, you know, what, how does he look physically? 100%. Well, Simon, this was the Plan B episode. Not Plan B because it was just you and me and, you know, Chris is out gallivanting about the Atlantic Ocean. Although he was, you know, he's in Tampa, so it was the Gulf of Mexico. Unless he drove okay. unless he drove across the state. I don't know where this Disney cruise left from. So I mean, we should, we should find out. Really. Yeah, we should find out if he drove across the state to leave from the Atlantic Ocean or if he left through the Gulf of Mexico. Let's, let's, I'm just going to Google it. Yeah, Google Google Disney Cruises and see where they leave from. Disney Cruise Florida. Mm-hmm. Let's see where it comes up. Disney Cruise Line. Uh, you can sail from Port Canaveral and Miami. Wow. Okay. I know he didn't come down to Miami. so Port Canaveral. Yeah, so that's where he is. So he is gallivanting about Gallivanting about with with Elsa. <laughs> yes, he is. We what will have him on. The, we will have him on the show next Monday. At least you know he's promising to be on the show next Monday. Just let it. Just let it go, mate. Yes. See what I did there? Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. That's that's one for all you Frozen fans out there. Yes. All right. For me, for Simon. Talk to you guys. And next Elsa. Week. Yes, and Elsa, of course. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.